0: faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in on this fine Thursday morning. And I hope you have that cup of coffee in front of you right now or that cup of tea and that you are ready to read the Bible with me. So let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 26 verses 36 through 54. As I always do, I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and severely troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went forward a little and fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not what I desire, but what you desire. He came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What, couldn't you watch with me for an hour? Watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, My father, if this cup can't pass away from me unless I drink it, your desire be done. He came again and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. He left them again, went away, and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let's be going. Behold, he who betrays me is at hand. While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude, with swords and with clubs, from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he who betrayed him, had given them a sign saying, Whoever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. Immediately he came to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, why are you here? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all those who take the sword will die by the sword. Or do you think that I couldn't ask my father, and he would even now send me more than twelve legions of angels? How then would the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? So Jesus had just finished having a uh, Passover meal with his disciples, as we learned about on Tuesday, and they sang a hymn. And then after that, they were finished with their Passover celebration and they went to this place called Gethsemane. So while they were on their way to Gethsemane, Jesus became super sad. And this version of the Bible, the W.E.B., says exceedingly sorrowful, but actually the word that Matthew used translates more like violent emotion or even shock. So that's what the Greek word actually was. But a lot of versions translate it as exceedingly sorrowful because yes, Jesus was exceedingly sorrowful, but he was practically in shock. He was so distressed. He was absolutely distressed. So he tells his disciples, I am distressed. I am in shock. And he says, to the point of death. I am so upset to the point of death. And he says, so stay here and watch with me, is what he says to his disciples. It seems to me like Jesus just needed to have his friends around at that point. He wanted Peter and then the two sons of Zebedee, James and John. He wanted those three disciples, his closest disciples, to be with him. During this emotional time for Jesus, he needed his friends near him. So he asks them to stay and watch with him and to pray and stuff like that. So Jesus kind of moves on a little bit further down the road on Gethsemane because he just needed to have a private word with his father because he was so distressed he needed to talk about this with his father. So he goes on a little ways, not very far ahead, and he it says that he falls down. He was so distressed that he just falls down on his face pretty much, and he's on the ground and he is praying, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me, nevertheless, not what I desire, but what you desire. And so the, the cup that Jesus is talking about, the cup that he has to drink in a sense there's a lot of references to that cup throughout different chapters of the bible basically the cup often means a cup of wrath there's a lot of books in the bible that talk about god's cup of wrath a cup of god's wrath or a cup of despair or something like that or a cup of fury whatever it is Jesus is talking about this cup and usually the cup is not mentioned as a good thing when the Bible mentions it. I think in Isaiah, it talks about the people were ignorant and drank the cup of God's fury or something like that. And then other versions mention uh, just, just a lot of different things with the cup not being a good thing. So Jesus is talking about this cup of despair that he is going to be uh, drinking out of pretty much. Jesus is just begging his father to if there is any other way that I wouldn't have to drink this cup, I would love for that to happen. But here's what he says here. He says, but not what I desire, but what you desire. So at this point, Jesus was crossing over into obedience to his father. Yes, God the Father had sent Jesus, but Jesus had willingly come. And this is where Jesus was making his decision to be an obedient son to his Father. Because actually, if you look down a few verses, which we'll talk about in a second, but Jesus even mentions that the Father would send legions of angels if Jesus decided not to go to the cross. Jesus even mentions that. So yes, Jesus was obeying his Father by coming down to earth, but also Jesus could have Not gone to the cross. And the Father would have sent legions of angels to come down and rescue the Son. So this was a very, very hard decision that Jesus had to make and a very emotional and painful one because He was about to be sin for all of us. That's what it says in the Bible. It says that Jesus became sin. Even though he didn't know of any sin, like he was a sinless person, but he took all the sins of the entire earth upon his his own shoulders and died on the cross. Now, I think right now is a good a time as any to talk about why Jesus had to go to the cross. And so let me uh, go to an old blog post I wrote, which is called, What is the Point of Animal Sacrifice? And this kind of talks about a, a little bit about the old covenant and the new covenant in this blog post. So let me read you this a little bit. So, thousands of years ago, when God told the Israelite nation to practice animal sacrifices, he was being merciful. Yes, merciful. You see, people had done a lot of damage to themselves and to others as a whole. They were sinful people who were dying in their sins, unable to find forgiveness because they weren't sure how to attain forgiveness in the first place. That is why God gave them the Old Testament law, or the Old Covenant, and with it came animal sacrifices. Because Romans 6.23 states this, for their wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God." is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. In other words, this means that the penalty for sin is death. In the second chapter of Genesis, God explained the penalty of sin to Adam very well. He said to Adam, the first man ever created, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you shall certainly die. Genesis 2, 17. You see God directly described to Adam that if he ate from that tree, he would have to die because sin equals death. The reason for this is because sin is evil, and evil causes murders, sicknesses, accidents, and violence, as well as spiritual death. Spiritual death is the worst death. Spiritual death is the death that leads to eternal damnation. This is because God himself is perfect, and anyone with spiritual death is not able to come into the perfect presence of God. Because death is something that is opposite from God. We chose death, but God is the definition of life. So sin equals death and God equals life. But after humanity ate the fruit and sin entered into the heart, God did not want to let us just die unforgiven in our sins. He loved us too much to see that. So he gave humanity the law or the Old Testament law or the Old Covenant. And with the law came animal sacrifices. The idea was to allow a perfect unblemished innocent animal take the sins of the sinner in an act of death. Think of it this way. A sweet, innocent animal was taking the place of the person. It was paying the wages of the person's sin, much like the way Jesus did. It was supposed to be a solemn, sad reminder to the person that their sin equals death and that the animal was unfortunately dying in the sinner's stead. Through animal sacrifice, the person was supposed to solemnly repent before God, not only for their sins, but also for the fact that the animal had to die in their place. The whole purpose of animal sacrifice was to show the sinner both God's love and his mercy for humanity. The problem was, was that humanity quickly perverted the solemn symbolism of sacrifice that God put into place. People began just killing animals left and right with no remorse. They didn't care about the life of the animal, God's active mercy, or the sacrifice that the animal was making for them. Rather, they were routinely using animal sacrifices as a way to unapologetically pay for their sins and not in the way that God intended. The people were constantly sinning and sinning with no remorse and just using animal sacrifices as a way to be okay with God, quote-unquote. Thus, animal sacrifices was perverted and became a sick, disgusting practice that God ended up hating. And we can read all about God's anger towards the people who were sacrificing animals in this way in Isaiah and Jeremiah. In the end, the people were not only still dying in their sins, but also destroying God's creation and his plan. And this is where Jesus comes into play. So that was a little bit of a blog post that I wrote about animal sacrifices and the Old Covenant. So now Jesus comes into play because after the people perverted the Old Testament law in such a way that they were cruelly and disgustingly sacrificing animals in a way that God absolutely hated with no remorse in their heart and no repentance from their sins, pretty much. God knew that these people were still dying in their sins because they had perverted the Old Testament law. And we can see that happening when Jesus went into the temple and he was uh, turning over the money changers tables and releasing the doves and everything like that, Jesus was saying, you've turned this place into a den of thieves. You are making people stray away from the truth. And Jesus was very, very direct in that particular moment. Because it was not the truth. It was a lie. And the people were believing this this terrible lie and perverting God's law, which was supposed to be a good representation of how loving and merciful God really was. But people were making it into this, this whole horrible thing with animal sacrifices and also almost making it seem like God was going to strike them dead for every moment, which is what we still do to this day. But anyway, so Jesus had to come into play because people were still dying in their sins. Even though they had the Old Testament law, they couldn't be forgiven because people were imperfect. They were unable to keep the law. They were perverting it. And so Jesus comes into play and Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice because the wages of sin is death. Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice for all of our collected sins. He became that lamb, that perfect little unblemished lamb. That is what Jesus became. And so Jesus was an unblemished person who took Our sins onto himself willingly. He chose to do that. He became The Passover lamb, the one that was supposed to cleanse Israel, you know, the Passover Lamb was supposed to cleanse Israel from their sins. And so Jesus, that is what he became, except not only just for Israel, but for the entire world, for everybody, all of the other lands and nationalities and races and everything was included in that. Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice for everybody, and he became that lamb. And that is why we no longer do animal sacrifices, because they are not necessary. We can just go to God now because we have Jesus who took our our sin for us. And we can ask Jesus directly, please forgive us of our sin. You already took it upon your shoulders. We are sorry for doing that. And that is how we are now forgiven, is through Jesus. And we don't need animal sacrifices anymore. And all we need now is just to repent of our sins, pretty much, in order to be forgiven. And so now moving forward, <laughs> Jesus is very upset and he's asking uh, God to, to possibly take this cup from him, this, this cup of fury or despair from him, if there is a possible other way to do this. Because let's be honest, Jesus was probably frightened to go to the cross. Like he was human. He was both human and he was God. He probably didn't want, firstly, the physical pain. I'm sure that scared him very much as well. But also the amount of sin that would have to be on himself and when Whatever he went through during the three days in the grave, which we don't exactly know what that was, but whatever he went through during that time period, which a lot of people believe that he went down to hell for us in order to take that sacrifice for us. But whatever Jesus did was something that was probably a very scary and unpleasant thing to do. Not even the physical pain alone, but also whatever he had to do during that time when he was in the grave was probably very, very scary for Jesus. And he just, he wanted to do it in a different way, maybe. So he's asking God, is there any other way that we can accomplish this? And he's saying to God, though, if there is no other way that this can be accomplished then i will do your will so now jesus is deciding right then and there that he is going to obey he is going to go to the cross and he is going to go to the cross out of love for humanity and that he is going to take our sins upon himself and do what needs to be done in order to save all of humanity from ourselves pretty much so it says here that um Jesus leaves that area and he finds his disciples sleeping and he's upset a little bit. And he says, what are you guys doing? He says, couldn't you watch and wait for me for one hour? And he says, watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I think he's talking to Peter about this because Peter was the one who was so strongly saying, I am never, ever going to desert you, Jesus, even if everyone else does, I will not do it. I will go to the cross with you pretty much is what Peter is saying. And so Jesus is saying here, Peter, you know, your spirit might be willing to do this, to not betray me, but the flesh is very weak. So you need to pray with me right now. You need to watch and you need to pray. And so then after this, Jesus, um, goes away again and he's praying once again he says my father if this cup can't pass away from me unless I drink it your desire be done and that is when Jesus decides to make his decision that he is going to uh, take on all of the burdens of humanity and the sins of of humanity upon himself. And so then after this, he goes away again and his disciples are sleeping all over again. This time he doesn't wake them and he leaves again and he prays the third time saying the same words. And then he comes to his disciples once again, the third time. And he says, are you still sleeping and resting? He says, the hours at hand, the son of man is to be betrayed at the hands of sinners. And he says, arise and let's be going because here he comes. He is right here. So he's telling his disciples to get out of there, just get out of there. And so It says here that while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the 12, came and all of a sudden there's this huge amount of people with clubs and swords and other weapons and stuff surrounding Judas. And so Judas somehow thinks that he's fooling Jesus or something. But he said that the person who he kisses, that is how the people with clubs and swords are going to know that that is the one that they are supposed to arrest. So Judas goes up to Jesus and he kisses Jesus on the cheek, which was a friendly way of saying hello. And many cultures still do that to this day, though Americans do not. We can barely give a handshake to each other. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, other cultures—it's—it's it's very typical for other cultures to kiss each other when they greet each other. For example, I have a couple friends who live in the Netherlands, and uh, every time they come to America or I go over there and see them, they give me—I uh, think it's three kisses, one on each cheek. So it's right, left, right, and that's—that's uh, that's just how they greet each other. And so um, so this was a typical form of greeting. And so Judas comes up to Jesus and he greets him with a kiss and he says, "Rabbi." Uh, greetings rabbi, and he kisses him. And so the people now know that Jesus is the one who they are going to arrest because firstly, it was probably dark outside. You know, they didn't have the amount of light that we have nowadays. So they probably weren't quite sure which one Jesus would be, especially if all of his disciples were around him. And secondly, maybe some of the multitude didn't ever see Jesus or didn't know who he was. So Judas comes up to Jesus and says that he will kiss him. And that's how the multitude of um, people with clubs and swords will know which one to arrest. And so Jesus asks Judas. He says, friend, why are you here? What an odd statement for Jesus to say. First off, he calls Judas a friend. I mean, that is some level of mercy that Jesus is having right now for Judas, because that is not how I would be treating Judas (laughs) right now. And so Jesus calmly calls Judas a friend and he says, friend, why are you here? And he's asking Judas this, I believe, because he wants, he's giving Judas one last chance to repent. I mean, think about when God was in the garden with Adam and Eve. We talked about that a long, long time ago. Adam and Eve were hiding. They were hiding because they had just sinned. And God asks them, where are you? He was calling them to repent, Adam and Eve. So Jesus does this often. He's asking Judas, why are you here? One last chance for Judas to repent. But Judas says nothing. And then it says that the multitude of police officers come and they lay hands on Jesus and they take him. But then one of those who are with Jesus, one of the three disciples, stretches out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And so we know that from John because John tattletaled on Peter, (laughs) we know that Peter was the one who took out his sword and cut off the servant, the servant's ear. And so Jesus kind of reprimands Peter and he says, put your sword back into its place for all those who take the sword will die by the sword. And he says here, this is the verse I was talking about. Do you think that I couldn't ask my father and he would even now send me more than 12 legions of angels? And so Jesus is saying, do you guys think that I can't, protect myself do you think that the father wouldn't come rescue me right now even if I asked him and sent 12 legions of angels to rescue me like you don't need to do this and so he says how would the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so and that is Jesus's answer to the entire thing the entire thing that he was afraid of the scriptures couldn't be fulfilled unless Jesus went to the cross there was no other way. He had to be the sacrificial lamb. There was no other way people were just going to keep dying in their sins because the people couldn't follow the law. They would pervert it. They would mess it up. They would, they would do something wrong. The people couldn't follow the law. And so Jesus decided to go, go to the cross because there was no other way to do it. We all have a special gift. We have that gift of salvation that Jesus gave to us that we are able to just ask for forgiveness just to Jesus right here wherever you're at whether you're in your car or at your desk at home or at your office or wherever you're at you can ask for a forgiveness right now and Jesus will hear you and he will forgive you because that is all we have to do now and it is glorious honestly it is a very awesome way that we live in now is just from the mercy and love of Jesus who died for us for our sins. So, friends, I hope you liked this episode, and if you did, please rate it five stars from wherever you're listening on, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Audible. Both of those platforms do have a rating system. So if you liked it, please rate it five stars and also share it with your friends and family members. This episode today was a, a heavy salvation message. So if you know somebody that needs this or if you uh, just want to share it on your social media platforms, please do so because this is what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. We're supposed to be spreading the word of God. But also friends and faithful listeners, the Alive Coloring Devotionals go actually hand in hand with what we were talking about this next week. It's on passion week, which is the week that Jesus goes to the cross, leading up to Jesus' time on the cross. So if you're interested in doing the Alive Coloring Devotionals with your children, go ahead and click on the link that I will drop in this bio, and you can take a look at the adult version and also the children's version, which are meant to go hand in hand, and they complement each other, and there's a lot of uh, similarities, and you can do fun activities with your kids in those, and color some pictures with your kids, and everything like that. So take a look at those and those are available on Amazon. I'll drop a link to that. But friends and faithful listeners, I want you guys to have a wonderful Thursday afternoon. Happy listening and God bless.